Welcome again to New York Talk. We are back with you again. We have a Papa John's trophy to talk about. So we're Papa John's specialist. We'll not just talk about the game on Tuesday night. Talk about there's been a lot of talk on social media the last few, the last few days about the trophy itself uh, and its place in football. Uh, so I think now is a good time to talk about it. Now we're getting into that game. So we're going to talk about that. Um, we are here. Live Thursday night on YouTube. You can follow. You can get involved. Send us a comment, um, and then we'll talk about whatever you want to talk about as well. We have the standard crew with us. We with an extra guest. We have Mick with us. Oh my God. Uh, we have Danny Ogden with us as well. Thank you for joining us again, Danny. Hello, always a pleasure. And we have Miller's broadcasting legend Brian Chapel with us. Thank you for joining us, Brian. Uh, you're on mute. <laughs> 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 You're on mute, Brian. <laughs> I don't know. We've never, never had this before. Um, uh, Mick, I'll let you deal with this. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll thank you very much. Yeah, you just just hand it on to me. Um, yes. And uh, if if you start, I'll uh, I'll try and get older Brian a different way and see if we can uh, see if we can sort out his microphone problems. Okay. Um, Danny, let's start with Tuesday. We'll start mm-hmm. where we where we mean to go on. Tuesday was, oh, mate, it was so cold. It, it was. was so cold and wet. Um, but a win in the Papa John's Trophy, we're essentially through to the last 32. I think we, I think we decided it was last 32, uh, which is basically all you can ask for, really. And it was through, that's it, really. Yeah, and like you say, it was cold. I've actually caught cold from going to that game. <laughs> I'm um, <surprised>. Yeah, I was... <laughs> The um, on the Wednesday, I just didn't want to get out of bed. I was just gone. My voice had gone. Everything was just upset, basically. Um, I'm still not completely better today. I've got a nice honey tea to keep me going. Um, but yeah, like like you say, in terms of on Tuesday night and winning, it's effectively us through now because I think Donny have like a at least a 15 goal difference to overturn. And I know yeah. Scunny aren't the best team, but they're not going to score 15 past them. Um, no. But unfortunately, it does mean that the game against Man City under 21s is an even deader game than it was going to be anyway. Mm. Um, but main positive, it was a good performance. Granted, Warney said it wasn't the best and he wants us, wants us to be better, which I can see where he's coming from. Mm. Um, but yeah, that's basically us through. And hopefully the, uh, the next round draw doesn't completely screw us over. Can you imagine if we get Carlisle United away on a Tuesday night? Yeah. Yeah, it won't be the first time we've done that in uh, in this competition, would it? Yeah, no, exactly. Uh, we've got Brian back. Can, can can we hear you? Is the question? I, I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> I just put a shilling in the meter. That was the thing. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't tell right, me about that, by Michael. <laughs> I'm sorry, I apologise. Uh, you needed 50... I told you to, should have told you to bring some extra 50 pences. All right. <laughs> uh, how are you doing, Brian? Very, very well, thank you. And I'm, I'm glad I'm live from Rotherham and speaking to you guys. 
eventually. <laughs> yeah, so are we. Um, Harvey, a uh, Kellick is joining us on YouTube as well. Mick, I want you to answer this one. Opinions on a dolphin on Tuesday night. Uh, scored? Yeah, uh, I don't think he was superb, but a job. Yeah, he did. I mean, he, he, he won the man of the match, didn't he? Um, and yeah, he played he played reasonably well. Um, he was probably one of the standout players, if you like, in a performance that, as you've just alluded to there, was quite flat, probably for two-thirds of the game. You know, the first 20 minutes, we, we, we were all right, did really, really well. And the last 20 minutes, we did really well. But in between, we just sort of kind of sat off and were pretty, pretty anonymous as a team, um, I thought. Uh, it looks a good prospect, this Akima Dauphin. It looks a really, really good prospect. Um, and he, he scored a couple of decent goals in this competition. And he's, he's you know, he, he's staking a claim, isn't he? He's going to stake a claim for, for one of those midfield berths, should there be an injury. I don't think he's, he's ahead of any of the, uh, the starting three at the moment, but I thought he had a good game and it, it, a well-taken goal again. A very well-taken goal, yeah. Uh, we talked before we started, Brian, about our recruitment this season. And Adolphin's a, 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 a sort of an example of that. We signed him in the summer, but he's not playing. But he's clearly a decent player. It's a sign of good recruitment, really. I think it's a sign that um, the Millers have got a real chance of doing something this season because I think they've recruited well and they've got the best squad of players they've had for some time. Um, you know, when you look at the bench, when, when everybody's fit, it's looking really strong. And he, he needs game time, doesn't he? You know, mm. uh, uh, Reg recently, you know, hadn't, hadn't started particularly well, but he's had a bit more game time and he's grown in confidence very quickly. Um, it can't be easy to come into a new club, can it? Into a new area, into a new team and to be assimilated. And um, it often takes time. I mean, some people hit the ground running, but, but not everybody does. So I think he showed the other night that the attributes he has that, Perhaps later in the season we'll begin to rely on. I hope so. Mm. Yeah, I agree. I thought Danny that the only issue with him and Barley's are playing together. Him and Barley's took up the same space quite a lot. They sort of almost got in each other's way. So, which is good that Dolphin could do that, but it also adds another thing, another hurdle in front of Dolphin that if Barley's can get in those positions, that's going to cause him more problems getting in the team. Yeah, and I think it, it, they are. Well, they, they occupy a very similar position um, in terms of where they've played in the past. Like Adolphin's more of the uh, sitting back midfielder and Barley's is um, more in that position as well because he's certainly not a pushing forward attacking midfielder like Rathbun and Wiles are. Um, so I think when you play them alongside each other, they do sort of get in each other's way a little bit like they did on Tuesday. But at the same time, it doesn't create major uh, issues in terms of getting in each other's way. Uh, and I think the only difference between the two really is that Barlazer has got better um, distribution in terms of long balls than mm. Adolphin does. Um, but Adolphin's more of a semi je esque player when you play him in midfield, which isn't a bad thing. Um, and like Mick said, Adolphin scored two really good goals in this competition when he's played. I think they gave the other one to Donny's keeper, but Mick secretly Adolphin's <laughs> into it. Um, and then, and then this one on Tuesday as well. So whenever Adolphin comes on, he only scores thundercrackers, which isn't a bad thing at all. No, definitely not. Um, let's talk about Josh Vickers briefly, Mick. Um, we talked about the game itself. We flattered to deceive at times. 
Josh Vickers was probably rightfully man of the match. He did everything yeah. well. He made some key saves at key times in the game. Kicking's very good. He would be a starter at quite a lot of other League One clubs based on what we've seen so far. I don't think there's any doubt about that, is there? Um, we, were, we were surprised anybody when Lincoln let him go last season um, mm. or whenever it was that they let him go. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, he's a number one keeper, isn't he? there's no doubt about it. He just can't get in the, in, in the team. And, and that that's that's mirrored across the squad, uh, like, like Brian just said earlier on. You know, the the the, the, the players that are sat on that bench are justifiably first team starters. They just can't get a place, you know. Um, and just one more thing on the Dolphin. I mean, I, that something Danny alluded to there, and uh, saying he's not got the the, the passing range that uh, Barley's has got. I don't think anybody in this league has got the passing range that Dan Barley's has got. Um, you know, his, his football, his midfield play should come with an X rating because it's football porn. It really is. You know, the way he plays, that that, that midfield, it, it's just, it's just, it's beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful to watch. There is not a better midfielder in this division, in my view. I'd be smart. Well, it is a hit three or four, 30, 40, 50 yard passes against crew. First half mm -hmm. in particular, which were absolutely outstanding, weren't they? From sort of the old-fashioned left half, inside left position, across to the right, to Chioda. Yeah. Just um, amazing vision and, and skill. Um, I agree with you about him. I think uh, mm. he's going to be one of the key players this season for us. Yeah, mm. definitely. Definitely. I completely agree. Um, I'll show up, Brian. Rathbone came on last 20 minutes. I want to know your opinion on Rathbone. Uh, he's just—he seems like a typical Rotherham United player from what we what we've talked about. What what are your views on him? I think he's the sort of player we've missed for two or three seasons. Mm. Uh, you know, this box to box, never say die, high energy. Um, I, I think he's made, made a great start of the season, and I'm delighted to see him score against Crew. Um, mm. That's one part of his game that you know most midfield players, however hard they work and however important they are in the team, to score. To score some goals as a as a real added bonus that hopefully he will bring to his game. But um, I've been really really impressed with him. Um, mm -hmm. It's that energy, isn't it, that is so important, you know. And I think he complements Balas Balas really well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think he definitely does. Uh, before I forget, I meant to mention at the start we are we are going to speak to a former Rotherham player next week, and we're going to announce on the show who that's going to be towards the end of the show. I meant to that start to kind of tease everybody to stay and watch till the end, but I forgot. So I've said it now. What you need, man, is a running order. I've got a piece of paper that I've written down. <laughs> I've written down on that. I put explanation marks and everything just so I could see it. So at the end of the show, we'll announce what that's going to be, assuming I remember. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. um, Harvey, Kilkenny, we've been, we've been rehearsing this for two hours. I, I don't understand why you haven't got the. <laughs> Because I've got the running order here. So, you know, my makeup started to wear off. We've been at this so long tonight. I need to step it up, I know. <laughs> um, Harvey Kellogg's with again. He wants to know, Danny, your thoughts on uh, Jake Hull on Tuesday. He came off after 70-ish minutes, something like that. That's the second game, played in the Donny game. I was so impressed. He looks to show the highest compliment I can pay him is that he looks like he plays should play for Rotherham United. Yeah, uh, I think his performance against Doncaster was a little bit better. 
Um, mm. But that, that's bound to happen. You're not going to be nine out of ten every single game, are you? Um, but yeah, to say he's he's a young lad and he's not had much experience in first team professional football, and certainly at Rotherham's level, uh, it does look very assured of his ability and very confident in how he plays. He's not the um, the young deer in the headlights sort of mm. defender that you see at some clubs. He is very confident in himself and he knows how good he is uh, in defence. And I do think that is partially down to Richard Wood taking him under his wing. You know, the, the experienced old head in defence, bringing through the next generation. Um, and yeah, he is going to be a real asset whenever he breaks into the first team. Could be later this season because of injuries potentially, or it could be next season, depending on what division we're in. Um, but yeah, really good prospect player. And I really hope he cracks on and develops into a defender that we know he's going to be. And he's really tall as well, like freakishly tall for a defender. Because I watched his goal against the Doncaster back the other day and the size difference between him and Joe Mattock, and Mattock's not small. Mm. And to say he's only, what, 19 years of age and he's about six foot three, six foot four, it's like you're going to be scary when you're a professional, when you're a proper def- yeah. professional defender. Mm. Definitely. Yeah, because it is, uh, yeah, I mean, he just carries some bulk as well, doesn't he? I don't mean yeah. weight. I mean, he's you know, he's not uh, yeah. he's not sort of a, a gangly nineteen year old. He's, um, he's he's got some some physicality about him. Um, so yeah, he's, uh, he's he's definitely a good prospect. Yeah, yeah, he is. Uh, you have a big fan of have a, a, an, an assuredness and a confidence. Hmm. So I'm, I'm just saying, Hull seems to me to be very assured and and immediately very confident for a. A young player who is playing in a position where experience counts for such a lot and yet he's mm. already made a really good start and you know you mentioned i think danny would mention about richard wood um you know i think he's going to be pivotal in helping to to bring that lad on um i think his experience will rub off and um again he's part of this point that we were making earlier he's another addition this year to the to a squad of the squad of players that throughout the positions you know, you can look to say, well, you know, he's worth his place. He's worth his place. And for the first time for me in a, in a little while, you look at most players and most players can come in the squad, can come and play their part in, in this important se- excuse me, in this important season. Mm. Yeah, I completely agree. And it's all about improvement. For what Paul one talks about this a lot. He did a podcast with the EFL this week today which is actually if you haven't listened to that you should all go listen to it because it's brilliant it's got warney alex ravel and the new swansea manager just talking about management life and things like that it's really really good if you haven't listened to that i recommend it because it is superb and paul warns very open we all know what paul warns like he's very open and honest <laughs> and in that he's very open and honest about it so if you haven't if you haven't uh check that out do check that out yeah um bowler mick i know you're a big fan of uh bowler uh yeah. what were your thoughts so you played that left wing back position on obviously because that's his position. Um, <laughs> he's he, he is getting better. I know we didn't play fantastically as a team, but Bowler's doing everything right in that position. Yeah, he is. It is. And we've said it a few times now. It is a work in progress. There's no doubt about that. But he has got all the attributes. And that cross for Freddie, that cross for Freddie was obscene. You know, outside of the left foot, absolute pinpoint cross. Freddie did not move. He did not move for a second. You know, he just, he, 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 and he just, uh, it, it was an absolute perfect cross of peach. Uh, really like him. 
really like him and he's, uh, he's certainly one for the future. But he will play his part, as he's already proved this season, won't he? Uh, and effectively so as well. Yeah. No, I will. Uh, let's go through a couple of comments. Graham on YouTube. So he's just turned on and it was very nice to see your face, Brian. You're a fan in Graham. <laughs> uh, where are we? Uh, Graham also mentions about Jake Hull, very composed for his age and seems a very bright future ahead. Um, I think we all, all very much agree with that. And Russ Bailey uh, talks about the, we'll move on to the competition in general now. We talked about a lot of performances. Uh, and he mentions, although not a private competition, it was still good to keep a lot of first team lads' legs ticking over with no game Saturday. The front three on, on the clean sheet, which Freddie seemed a little remind, sent a little reminder out, with respect of it being against Scummy. No disrespect to them. Yeah. Yeah, I suppose. Well, well, one more question on the team, Brian. Freddie Ladapo gets a lot of talk on this podcast. Um, he scored a goal on Tuesday. I suppose that's all he can do, really, is put the ball in the back of the net. But it's just Griggs come in and done so well is put him to the back of the queue a little bit, won't it? Oh, that's oh. awkward. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Go on, Mick, I'll let you answer. I know you like a good Freddy chat. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, we've, we've obviously we've lost Brian just for a second. I'm sure he'll be back in a minute. Um, I, yeah, Freddie played well on, on Tuesday night. He, he, he scored a, he scored a, a cracking goal, you know, a cracking header, got plenty of power behind it. And I just... You know, we've talked about it and talked about it and talked it to death. Really, it's just work rate, and it shows what he can do in 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 um, in, in bursts, doesn't he? And that, I think that's the issue for for a lot of fans that it's not a consistent. And it doesn't help Freddie with the fact that everybody else is at it for ninety minutes. You know what I mean? So mm. it doesn't help him and his game and the way he plays his game. Uh, but putting him in front of the goal is going to is is going to score, isn't he? You know. Uh, he, he might, yeah. I mean, he might start five or six games this, this season, yeah. come on for another half a dozen, and get ten or eleven goals. Yeah, well, you can't really ask for much more, can you? Not really, no. Um, yeah, uh, well, I think we're going to move on, but we'll talk about a couple more players. I just want to mention Michael Smith scoring, coming on scoring. He's now on forty-four goals for the club, and I've done a little bit of research, and he's the second highest goal scorer this century for Rotherham United, only behind Adam Lafondre. Adam wow. Alfred's got 58 in all competitions. Smith has got 44. So Smith, he could, could in this season, go as our top scorer this century, which would be incredible from, from where he came as not necessarily a goal scorer. So that's just something to keep an eye on. I just thought I'd want to bring that up. That, that adds another you know tick to his box of you know his goal scoring abilities. Um, that's it, getting and it was a later, isn't it? <laughs> Definitely, yeah. <laughs> Um, Harvey, this is the last question. You can chuck as many questions as you want, Harvey. Uh, Danny, your thoughts on uh, Harding against Scunny? He played two different positions. He played fullback and then centre back. Like, what were your thoughts on the game? Um, I think he did very well out on the wing. Uh, I do think he was only in that position because Gio was away with Ireland. Um, but again, it's one of them things where he didn't look like completely lost in that position. Mm. He still looked very composed and assured in that position. Uh, and it just adds another feather, um, another feather, another string to our bow of depth this season, where players can play in not their preferred position or not the position they've played the majority of the games in, but still look assured of themselves. It's like Harding's been playing left centre back for majority of the season, which granted is out of position, but he's not exactly been poor there. And now he's come back into this position and he hasn't looked poor. Same with the Neckway as well. Um, so I think it just like Brian said earlier, something 
special is could happen this season and it could be down to not only the flexibility of the squad but also the layers of depth that we've got where even down to youth level we've got really confident and assured players hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I need to correct myself. Uh, he's the third highest goal scorer this century oh. behind Adam Lafondre and Mark Robbins. Robbins is on 49. Um, mm. So it will, it, will be, really it will be second soon. So I'll clip it. I'll save it for a couple months' time. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's move on to the tournament itself. It's had a lot of talk over the last few days, mainly because, Mick, it was a record night on Tuesday. It was a record low attendance for a game at New York Stadium. It's probably the lowest attendance I've ever been to. I remember a game at Don Valley in the same competition when there's around eight, fifteen to 1,800 against Lincoln. Um, I think Tuesday may, may well be the lowest. The records are pretty sketchy going back quite far, so it's difficult to say for me to find if it's our lowest ever, but it could well be our lowest crowd ever. Um, where does the competition lie for you? It, it's in, we'll talk about its history in a minute, but right now in its current format, where does it sit for you? Well, first of all, sadly, Brian's not going to make it back. Unfortunately, his Wi-Fi is um, about as good as my North Wales Wi-Fi, so uh, okay. I don't think he's going to make it back because it keeps keeps dropping out. So, uh, so sorry about that. Um, yeah, as far as the competition's concerned, I I think it's it's pointless. Ultimately, it is pointless. Um, we might as well just have a reserve league instead. You know, um, it, as soon as as soon as they, they they brought in the Premier League B teams. <clears throat> it lost any credit any credibility that it actually had for me. Um, you know, it's just it's just a joke um, bringing them in and the fans have up with the feet and, and rightly so. I mean, we, we we three sit here now, having been three of that crowd on Tuesday night. So I guess we are part, partially to blame, you know, for the competition continuing. But you know, you're going to go and see your club. You want to see your club and. We went for a specific reason of seeing some of these players that aren't getting first-team football, um, which we wouldn't ordinarily be able to see unless you go up to Renwood or, or whatever. Uh, but as a competition, it's just, it's done. It's done, it's gone. Um, and it's gone for me with the introduction of the Premier League sides. Mm. It's a shame. I really, really used to like this competition. Obviously, I, I've talked about this before in previous podcasts. I grew up on the stories of '96, you know, with the, the win of the Auto Windscreen Shield. Uh, I had a lot of, we've had a lot of fun times in this competition. I don't want to see it die, and I, I worry that there is no way back. I think now, even if you got rid of Premier League, but I think fans would still be skeptical about it because I think it's lost what it had. Now, don't get me wrong; there weren't ten thousand fans every every single first round game. That were never the case, but you still had reasonable crowd. You still had. You know, a third of what the normal crowd would be, which is not bad for a cup game. I, I really want this competition to continue, Danny, but I, I feel like it might be lost to us. I mean, I'm part of the generation that came into it when it was still the Johnston's Paint Trophy. Mm. Um, so for me, the trophy's never changed, but the way the system changed and the format changed when it became checker trade just really upset the apple cart because everyone really did think it was the beginning of. Uh, B teams coming into league football because it's the testing of the waters in the cup competition. And Pep Guardiola's made a lot of noise about it and I think quite right, uh, quite rightly been shot down about it. You know, you, you've got a system where you've got all that money to develop your youth players, you've even got the reserve league to re develop them in, but yet you still want your B teams in the lower leagues. Not going to happen, it's not Scotland, mate. Um, but I put a poll out on Twitter 
uh, just before the um, the Scunthorpe game, just to gauge what everyone's thoughts were. Mm. Do you want the top National League teams to come into it and shake it up again, like it, they did in L five when they brought in National League Something teams around that? Yeah, yeah, a couple of years, yeah, yeah, or just revert it back to League One and League Two clubs and have it as like a closed competition for the teams that aren't really in with a chance of winning the League Cup or the FA Cup because of the dominance of the Premier League. And uh, 53% thought National League teams should come in to shake it up a little bit, and then 47 thought League One and League Two clubs. Um, but our friend Will Daniels from Toffoli View had the idea of having is like a um, a Premier League exempt EFL Cup, where you've got mm. lower end Championship clubs that don't have um, the progressive means, shall we say, um, as the top end Championship clubs. They come into it and then make up the numbers with League 1 and League 2 because you only need 16 teams mm. from a different league to make up the numbers we've got currently. And if you add the bottom 16 teams in the Championship come into it, they probably won't play complete first teams because of the their league football mm. and trying to build the league. But it'll certainly add a new dynamic to the competition and potentially see teams like Preston, who've never played Sutton United have that interesting dynamic which could boost your numbers up and bring more fans into it but I think like Mick says I think the die has been cast as soon as they brought Premier League teams into it it's just really unfortunate and the fans have spoken the attendances have plummeted I mean Accrington they had eight fans <laughs> eight eight not 888 eight and I think if you if you can find a lower attendance than that in this competition I'll be very surprised mm. Yeah, it is a shame. We, we, we go back a few years, Mick, to when they, we had the cup, we had the run in 2000 and whenever it were at Don Valley, we ended up scoring in the Northern final around 2010. Yeah, that sounds yeah. about right. And then the, the cup run away, we ended up, we played York away, Hartlepool away, Fleetwood away. These were fun. I know we didn't get, I think we didn't get through to the final and we didn't end up winning it, but these were good days out. They were good time to spend yeah. watching your team. And we didn't, I, from in terms of the team that we put out, if we put at a similar level, it weren't our first team we played every week, so that's not an issue. We, we, never, we don't, I don't, you don't always play your first team, you always used to play your first team. Mm. It's the other part of it, it's it, you, we are losing that. And that, if yeah. that, if it was to disappear, it would be really sad. It would, it would. Um, and I, I know I've banged on about it, but my, my view is that, that the decline has been because of this Premier League involvement, yeah. Um, and, and people. I, I can't speak for everybody, obviously. I can't. But the Premier League, for me, has cut itself adrift from the rest of football, really. You know, they, they've got ideas a million times above this station about how important they are to, to football in this country, you know. Um, and they're stockpiling players right, left and centre, you know. Huge, huge squads of players uh, or huge numbers of players on the books. And then can't understand why they can't get them again, you know. And 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 everybody else is 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 scratching around for decent talent when it's all sat there on a bench at Chelsea, at Man City, at Man United. We're not even on the bench, you know. They're on a bench at Carrington in training ground or wherever anybody else trains. You know what I mean? Listen, for me, the Premier League is is a joke, and I I I don't want any part of it. I don't watch it anymore. It's garbage, absolute garbage. Um, but I think that's why mass, a lot of people have walked away from this competition because it's it, you know it's just them sticking the nose in and EFL 
seeing a bit of cash coming in. I assume it is on foot. It is money related. What I would like to see is this is my plan to save the trophy. Not on Apple, but it's how to save it. Just hang on, let me get Rick Parry on for hang on. (laughs) Is it and it would take fans, but this this would save it. If you said, right, we're gonna boycott the competition when the under twenty one teams play. If zero if no fans turned up when City came to town in a few weeks' time, but for the game on Tuesday we've got eight thousand, that is that's a clear sign, that's a clear message that people are interested in the company. I don't know if people are. This is this is what I would like to see happen. Not happen, but it's what I want what I'd like to see. That would say to the FL, right, this competition is serious and it means something, but not against people like that. That I, I, to be honest, I don't think the, I don't think the FL would still listen. I've got to be honest. No, 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 um, no, but that would send a clear and obvious message because the FL will, will, you know, they could they'll turn around and say, oh well, same crowd for the city game as there were for that game, so it must be it must be the same level. But um the club don't help themselves, Danny, on ticket prices, twelve pound fifty for the game when you're trying to attract people. There could have been a drop in price. Not, not you don't often criticize the club. And they've probably not thought ahead of this, but they could have said, right, here's a five a five or a ticket, free for kids. You would have got maybe a few hundred extra. <clears throat> Unless that is the secret plan of the club. Keep the Possibly. prices high, keep the attendance low and uh, show the EFL that no one wants to come. True. You've got the, 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 the cost of opening other parts of the ground as well, isn't there? You know, hmm. um, well, obviously we had about four or five, maybe not even that, sections of seating open, maybe three or four sections of seating open. Um, you know, if, if, if you get another thousand people in there, there's another section of ground to be opened and there's all the stewarding and the, and the, and the, and the costs involved with that as well. Um, so, you know, I don't know as they, they particularly want that many people, you know, th- there's yeah. going to be a figure in there, you know, it's either yeah. 13 or 1400 or 4,000. We don't want two yeah. and a half thousand. I don't know. I don't know. It, there, there will be some, some calculations made on costs and everything else. Um, so listen, for me, as I don't have a problem with the ticket prices, but having said that I can afford it. So I won't have a problem with that. You know, and I know I am very, very much aware that some people can't afford it. Um, so, so, yeah, I can I can see both sides of the coin there. Um, but I just wonder if a lot of it is down to cost of, of opening the stadium rather mm. than anything else. Yeah, there's also the option which I mentioned to you, Mick. So I'm interested to get your thoughts on it because it's just a, we've got time to kill. Let's have some fun, fun ideas. If you said at the start of the season, including your season ticket price, is to is the free entry to both group games of the of the Papa John's Trophy, you can add, the club can add ten pounds onto the season ticket, for example, but you get free entry. All right, the club aren't getting money on the gate, but it is getting fans into into the stadium for those games. Uh, you know, probably clubs do it for League Cup games, for example, don't they? So certainly, what what, what are your thoughts on that? Um, I think it's uh, it's definitely a possibility, and I think. If we were to go with your idea about fans boycotting um, the uh, under-21s game and coming to the more league game, if you like, um, that would certainly be the best option because then you can say, right, including your season ticket is your, your EFL trophy game or mm. you, you, if you're a season ticket holder, you get it free. Um, and then it's just down to your your personal choice of, shall I go and watch them against City? No, nah, it's under-21s, don't matter. 
Yeah. Because and that and then that definitely becomes a possibility. And and like for me, I haven't seen Rotherham play Scunthorpe since the uh, the playoff final, uh, playoff semi final. It were it were a different vibe because I wasn't on the pitch at the end of the game. Um, <laughs> but certainly as Man City, it will deter a lot of people. And I'll be surprised if we get over a thousand there. I'll be surprised if we get over five hundred. To be honest, I mean. I'm going to go because I'm going to every game I can this season because you don't know when the virus will come back. And I think that's why you sort of have to write off this season as being like um, one of the more higher attendance, non-protesty seasons, if that makes sense. Because mm. a lot of people will go just to go to a game because they don't know when they might not be allowed to go in anymore. Um, but yeah, for me, um, I'll see if I can show this on camera. For me, the EFL trophy game is just more for the ticket collection this season. More for tickets. <laughs> um, so other other than that, there's no real rhyme or reason to it. But I think now that we've gone through, it might pick up because people mm. haven't really been that far in the competition, or at least I haven't since I've started being able to afford to go. Um, so that's a different challenge. Just hopefully we don't get an under twenty ones team in the next round. That would be really unfortunate. Yeah, we it's our best. It will be our best run since I think 2014, 13, 14 season when we got through to the area semi final against lost away at Fleetwood. We've lost good in the first round last time, and, and I think the time before we out in the first round as well. Um, let's go through some comments, and then we'll see what else we've got. Uh, Graham says he'd like to see Smith sign a new deal as soon as possible. He brings so much to the way we play, and he does hundred percent deserve a pay rise. I don't know if we can afford it, uh, but he definitely deserves it. Uh, David Bateman asked about Ben. Um, <laughs> is Ben tucked in bed? It could be. It could be. To be honest, he is in London. They might even be watching Ben if you're watching. Oh. Leave us a comment then, Ben, if you're watching. Uh, yeah. Um, if I know Ben, he won't be. Um, <laughs> Russ Bailey is a two-part. The competition has brought us our first visit to Wembley, and it was our only route to get in there. But now he thinks in more recent times, Wembley visits uh, because of the Wembley players, he feels it's fizzled out and not as much fuss now. Uh, that was off two messages. Uh, Graham agreed with one of your points, Mick. I should have put that on when he when he when he put it. I can't remember what it was. Uh, I think so. we're talking about Premier League teams and and whether they should be in it and whether it were actually any good Premier League. Okay. Um, and Russ Billy for, for the final for the time being would say it makes a valid point. Would hate to see first team players get cropped in this competition. We've done for X amount of games. Touchwood uh, hasn't happened yet. That's always the worry, in it? You play these games, people can get injured, but at the same time, you've got to play the games. The thing is, with League One and League Two, we have got space for these games. So that's why the competition was invented, because mm. we have got spare midweeks, uh, whereas the Premier League haven't because of Europe and things such as that. And we've got the FA Cup coming up soon as well, which is exciting. Uh, I'm excited for the FA Cup. I don't know anybody else. I can't wait for the <laughs> FA Cup. So, so United uh, away, I'm telling you, for the first round. <laughs> I'm telling you. Yeah, yeah it's, it's more likely to be Cheltenham at home. Be honest, yeah. <laughs> something stupid like that. Uh, there's there's another round yet. The fourth qualifying round is, I think, next weekend for that, and then the draw. We're following on from that. Um, before we move on to other stuff, well, we're going to move on to other stuff now. Uh, Will Griggs scored on Monday, Tuesday, Tuesday night. Will Griggs scored. Um, there's been a lot of talk, Mick, about Will Griggs because he's started scoring goals. Um, moving away from my actual playing, there's, there's a growing concern that he may be called back by Sunderland. Uh, the January transfer window, I don't think it's been confirmed. There's always rumours that there will be a, a recall option in January. This is what I thought. I think I mentioned it on the podcast when we signed him. Mm. I'm massively concerned about this because if we're challenging Sunderland in January, which we could be, why would they not call him back? They'd be stupid not to call him back. 
Yeah, they would. And they probably will if they've got that option to do it. Um, so then it depends on on whether we're able to make a move and buy him or not. Um, or whether he sees his contracts out there until the end of this, you know, sitting on the bench up there until the end of the season. Um, it, that, as, as far as fans are concerned, it's kind of out, out of our control, that, isn't it? Yeah. You know? Um, and, and I guess, I don't know. I don't know. I'm sure, I'm sure that Warney, Will Grigg, the recruitment team and, uh, and and Tony Stewart will have some sort of plan or discussions in place. Um, you know, it, should this happen? Should that happen? Um, but it gives people something to moan about and all, doesn't it? You know, um, we can we can soon look forward to some more tweets about Tony Stewart not digging his hand in his pocket and all that sort of nonsense that comes out. But um, yeah, I don't know. It's it's a difficult one, isn't it? You know, we could we could really do with him just hanging off with his um, yeah. Uh, his goal scoring exploit—it's just a, the odd one here and there until till back end of January, uh, start of February, and then start banging them in. Um, we'll see. We'll see. It would be—it would be difficult. It would be very disappointing if that were to happen. But we're only in October. Let's not start panicking about something that's three months away yet. You know what I mean? It, the, but don't forget also that the player will have a say in that. I'm not sure yeah. he will with loans. Well. <clears throat> We'll see. You we'll don't see. know there. You don't know there isn't a recall option in his loan, right? I didn't know that. Well, I, yeah. I, I've not seen it confirmed anywhere. I didn't talk everywhere, but I haven't seen anything confirmed. I know we rely on Paul Davis's articles and stuff. And I haven't seen anything yet. I know that it's, there's it's something due out in the paper this week, isn't there? Have they confirmed there isn't a recall option? Well, from, from what I've I've heard from Grapevine, there isn't a recall option in any of the loans. Like there isn't one in Curtis Tilt's loan to Wigan. There isn't one in Edmunds Green's one to Huttonsfield, and there isn't one in Griggs' one because I think we've played it very smart. Mm. The only loan recall options that I know of are the youth players. I've got yep. one with uh, Jake Cooper and Jake Hull, um, in, and the deal there is loan that means that he can play uh, cup games as well. But as far as I'm aware, we don't. There isn't a recall option in Griggs' loan because um, that's him done. It's Sunderland yeah. now. He did say that, didn't he? I said in an interview that, he, as far as he's concerned, he's, he's not a Sunderland player anymore, essentially. Yeah, and if, if Sunderland wants to be <clears throat> a bit iffy about it, they will say, oh, we're recalling him and breaking terms of the deal to sell him on to somebody. Yes, they can do that, but we would get compensation from that. Yeah. Um, but I, I think Sunderland have done with him. They've, they've played with him as a toy for a little bit and gone, don't want you anymore. And that's probably why there's no recall option. So it's just your your full loan um, for the season, which potentially I think could lead to him coming on a permanent because apparently he loves it here. It's just a case of yeah. he can pay his wages. No, I mean there, there it, is an yeah. article in Advertiser tomorrow in the Paul Davis has tweeted tonight um, where this subject is is part Good. of one of his articles. I've not read it yet. I think it's out digitally already, isn't it? But I think so. Uh, yeah. Not had the opportunity to read it yet. Um, so we'll have to wait and see on that. Yeah, yeah. I was speaking to him, but another Sunderland podcast for Crossroads with coming up in a few weeks' time, and they were sort of saying, "I would tell, I would tell telling them how how good his work rate is, and you know what's impressed, not just his goals, what else has mm-hmm. been very impressive." And he basically messaged back saying, "That's not the world going to first for us." <laughs> he didn't try, he didn't run around, so that just shows how much he didn't want to be there. It's probably not the wrong words, but how difficult he found it. Um, for me what that says is that the regime at Sunderland 
was not a, not a very good one, and that's why yeah. Sunderland is still in League One. Yeah, they've got a new owner now, haven't they? Uh, absolutely. I, I said, I did say was. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. Before I get to the Sunderland podcast. <laughs> Uh, yeah, more money at the top of football, eh? Um, the Jordies do definitely have too much money now. Crazy times. Mick will be pleased about that, won't you, Mick? Getting Jordies happy. Couldn't, I couldn't care less about Newcastle. Could not care less. I think the only reason I'm happy is because it'll make Smudge and Barlazer happy being Newcastle fans. True. I, I, I'm like happy because they'll be happy about it, if that makes sense. Yeah, then we've got time tonight, so I'm going to throw a hypothetical out there for you in relation to the Newcastle one. There's been lots of talk about the Saudi owners and the issues that the Saudis have. Does it matter to you about your owner and your chairman and their background and their issues in the past? Let's put it politically polite like that, Mick. Yeah, it does matter. Yeah, it, it matters to me. Yeah, it matters to me. It's about it's about having a it's about having a. A sustainable club, first of all, um, and when we're talking about our level, um, and 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 when at our level, when you're talking about dodgy owners, you ain't having a sustainable club because they need to take money out of it. Yeah, that's different. I accept from from the question that you're asking in terms of Newcastle. Um, listen, they've got the money. They've got the money. Anything else doesn't matter as far as football is concerned. Whether it matters to supporters, whether it matters to to other organisations outside of football, is utterly irrelevant as far as football is concerned, because football is money, and that at that level, that's all it's about. And I will absolutely guarantee you one thing: that come the end of January, if Newcastle haven't spent up to the absolute maximum that they're allowed to spend to under the financial fair play agreement the Newcastle fans will be whining again I'm absolutely guarantee it a hundred percent it doesn't matter whether they bring in 11 absolute world-class players for nothing if they haven't spent up they are not going to be happy um that's my view but but yeah I don't think it's right I think it's right I don't think people with that sort of background really I don't think we should be endorsing what they do but it's politics, then you're into politics as well, aren't you? Yeah, I'm I'm on your side, Mick, with that. Danny, what are your thoughts on, uh, again, we're not going to spend much time on this, but what are your thoughts on the Saudis uh, coming into English football? Well, apparently the reason that the deal didn't go through 18 months ago was because of a TV rights dispute with Qatar, and that was the the only reason. So it just goes to show that when money's talking, they don't really care about human rights violations or some of the... um, some of the thought process behind Saudi Arabia in how they conduct themselves. Uh, it's all about money. And the reason it were blocked was because Qatar were upset that um, they were they were blocking their TV rights or something yeah. similar anyway. Um, but yeah, for, but for me, if, if you, at our level, it's all about someone who's invested in your club and isn't there just to have it as a business venture. Because we've seen that with far too many owners. They've seen it, they've tried to run it as a, as a making money business and football at our level in the current day is very hard to turn a profit. I'm surprised Rotherham do it uh, for, a, yeah. for a couple of seasons. I mean, you know, you have to look at Steve Dale and what he did with Berry just to just to show how I've got Oldham's doing the same, isn't he? Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, so for me, it's about having an owner who not only has the money to fund where your club wants to be and 
it needs to be someone who was invested in the cause as well. And you see a lot of chairmen at Premier League level, they aren't that. It's like, um, which chairman is it? Is it is it Liverpool's who's an American? No, it's Arsenal, sorry. Arsenal's chairman. Conker. Yeah, has nothing to do with club at all. He's just there to make money out of it. Do- doesn't care what happens to Arsenal. As long as he gets a bit of money in his back pocket, he don't care. And that's the incorrect way to fund football. I mean, sure, you'll have, you'll have clubs swaying between leagues and stuff, but, you know, it's... It, at the end of the day, it comes down to how much money you've got and how much you're willing to invest. But the ones who run it as businesses, especially at our level, don't do it successfully. But I will say the one thing I'm happy about, the Saudis have come in and bought Newcastle. They will upset the big six apple cart majorly, yeah, which, which yeah. is exactly what Blackburn did when the Premier League first found were first formed and then they won it in two years. And I really hope Newcastle do the same because there will be a lot of upset fans from the big six clubs and it might just take them down a peg, which I'm... They won't, to. though, Danny, will they? All, the, all these know. fans will do is buy a black and white shirt. Uh, uh, but, yeah... It's, <laughs> it's somebody else when it mixed to, isn't it? Of the big six, though, which is what yeah. I want to see. We've had the big six for far too long. Yeah. yeah. I think they should bring back Kevin Keegan. Just for, just for giggles. Because <laughs> oh, ah, he were useless, weren't he? He's absolutely useless, so that'd be a bad <laughs> than that. It would make it makes it fun, doesn't it? You just yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. it might be laughing at him, but that's, that's not quite the point. <laughs> um Graham H47 and Ardock mentioned Anton Johnson. Um Ardock yeah. mentioned didn't matter when Johnson came in. Uh educate us younger folks, make <laughs> Anton Johnson. I'm just trying to think of I'm just trying to think of um a, a modern day equivalent. Um probably that clown that's gone from Charlton to um, Rochdale now he's trying to buy Rochdale, isn't he? Is it really? Yeah, I think that's. Um, I think it's the same fella, Roland De Chantelier, whatever it's. Yeah, called. I have no idea. Anton Johnson. I mean, I was out uh, like uh, like Adrak. I was young at the time, and I rode in on the success of Anton Johnson, and it was all wonderful and it was all fantastic. <laughs> and everything else. There's a picture that's of him. his coat. There Good you go. <laughs> It looks like Boise. That's what it looks like. <laughs> I'll tell you what, shall I? You've just shown that picture. I don't need to say anything else, do I? No. I don't need to say anything else about Anton Johnson. He came in, spent some money, got his promotion, and then he was dodgy as dodgy could be. It's so, right, as it turned out, and that's ultimately, I guess, that's one of those one of those things that led us to being into to the situation we're in um, when Ken Booth mm-hmm. um, kind of lost interest in the club. Ken Booth had to take it over after Johnson left. I don't think he had any choice, from my memory. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, a, a typical boom and bust. Uh, situation bad owner no question but he brought success but let me rephrase that he didn't bring success he bought success yeah um you know and he he, he loved he loved it he just loved it all you know it, it was just a big ego trip for him yeah just just for um, my youthful mind anton johnson's one who was chairman during 1980 81 right mm. So yeah, I know yeah. it's still for me. <laughs> I'll tweet out a picture. Anybody's just listened to the audio, I'll tweet out a picture that I've just shown on, on the YouTube because it's it's just yeah, lower league chairman personified, really. Yeah, absolutely. 100 percent 
Uh, Chris Nichols, uh, have we paid a loan fee for people? We will have paid a fee, and if there's no recall, we will probably have to pay a bit extra, I imagine, that these things will work. We pay a bit extra so Sunderland can't call him back or more of his fee or something like that. There is always a loan fee, or nearly always a loan fee, so it depends on how much it is. If that is right, which I hope he is, that there is no recall, I imagine we've had to pay a bit more of a loan fee. It's normally how it would work. Um, Owen OB, do you think they'll remove the spell salon clause for Zambales now? Could be positive. Well, if he's selling for a million quid, they don't need half a million from us, do they? So I think that'd be fair. I mean, I'm not sure Sarah's a known to be fair, but <laughs> you can always hope. Um, where are we? Apparently, Gary says he spent per, uh, per house's money and had ties with South and Derby while yeah. somewhere else. Um, that's probably a book in that or a special episode make for you to do one day for that. It would be, but let, bear in mind that I, I was, I don't know, 14, 15 at the time. I can't, all I remember is happy days and, you know, lots and lots of victories in the promotion. I, I don't remember the, I, I wouldn't switched onto the ins and outs of what were going on behind the scenes at the club at the time. Um, I know a lot of our supporters were, um, or, or were still, you know, sort of got a this... much better memory of it than me. This would have been a good time to have Brian Chapel, wouldn't it? It would have been a perfect mm. time to have Brian. Yeah. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, unfortunately that, that yeah. should have started with this one. <laughs> yeah, we should. Yeah. yeah. Um, any other? Is there anything else you want to mention before I finally reveal the name of the player? Because I've now remembered. So we're going to speak. Well, you to remember who it is? I've read that. I've got it Any other topics from Tuesday, Saturday, next Saturday, Friday? Got anything else we want to mention? I just want to mention one on the EFL podcast again. Mm. I mean, I mean, it's a, so it's a bit iffy mentioning someone else's podcast when you're doing a podcast yourself. But ours is far better. So. <laughs> um, yes. But yeah, some of Warnie's comments about management being a bit like uh, giving a best man speech at a wedding, but you have to do it <laughs> twice a week. You know, you get the nerves, and it either goes really well or really badly. Um, but you've got a chance to switch off after doing your mm. best man speech. But if you're a manager, you don't have a chance to switch off because it's straight on to the next game. Um, and I'm sure Paul won. I mean, he might be watching this whilst his wife watches Strictly. I'm not sure. Um, <laughs> or he, he might be out with um, with his dog. But one is one is um, the way he conducted himself on that podcast made you really proud to say mm. that's our manager because. Um, it, it was a really good listen. I listened to it before coming on here, and it was really, really interesting. Yeah, so yeah, yeah I agree. I agree. And, and Ben talks about managers not telling the whole truth about things, and I get that because other managers don't. But it's interviews like that which tell me that he tells he tells us everything that he can. I'm sure there's things legally, you know, for contract situations and things like that that he can't tell us. But he's so open and honest. I, I, and this is not just in terms of Rotherham managers. I have never known a manager as open and honest as Paul Warren in the entire time I've been watching football. He's so open. He just whenever I've never seen him sort of turn down a question in an interview or press or anything like that. He's just happy to answer and talk to people, mate. And it's just it's such a breath of fresh air. And that's clearly why he's so popular with not just fans. He's popular on on that on that podcast. Yeah, it, it was clearly popular with the people on it. I think in a very in a very very different way. The only other manager I can think of that was as brutally as honest was Brian Clough. I mean, Brian just mm -hmm. Brian Clough did not 
Mince's words with anybody. Mm-hmm. I, a completely different character, completely different management style. <laughs> Paul Warner, not a bunch of fans, is he? No, no, absolutely. <laughs> but I've recently heard a story about Brian Clough, which I found hilarious, but I'll save it until Mick's finished. But let's be fair, that, that fan deserved a punch, didn't he? And Brian, Brian Clough gave him one. Um, yeah, no, I mean, he's, he's absolutely... He's, he is just an absolute star, isn't he? Um, and... and yeah, I'm so so happy that he's our manager. Absolutely can't tell you. Because just because of for all the reasons you've outlined there, plus he's just just a thoroughly, thoroughly decent bloke, isn't he? Yeah. What you see is what you get with Warney. Yeah. Um, and you've got to love him. Definitely. Go on, Danny, tell us your rankle story. Um right, so this was when um Wimbledon, the original Wimbledon went to Nottingham Forest, um, and they were and they were like the first team to like bring the, the really big ghetto blasters to the ground and bring music with them. And so they're playing the music really loud from their changing room, and Brian Clough says to his assistant, um, "Tell them to go and turn the music off." So he goes, Vinnie, Vinnie Jones answers the door, which in itself is quite scary, and he goes, yeah. excuse, "Excuse me, Mr. Jones, can you turn off uh, your music?" Yeah, 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 of course, no worries. So he goes back to the changing room, and music starts playing this time even louder. So, Brian Clough sends him again. Sorry to disturb you again, Vinny, but can you really turn it off? Yeah, 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 of course, no worries. So, he goes back, turn it up a bit louder. And so, Brian Clough just goes, right. So, he storms to the dressing room himself, knocks on the door. Vinny Jones opens the door and he walks straight in, picks up the ghetto blaster and smashes it on the ground. <laughs> and it just goes, now you won't play your music, will you, Wimbledon? And they beat him 4 1. <laughs> <laughs> yes, a little bit of Brian Clough. Uh, yeah, um, so there we are. There's the show. I hope you've all enjoyed it. We will try and get Brian Jeff on again at some point in the future because it's great to have on. Um, now is the time where I tell you who we're going to have on the podcast me, oh, Mick, and Danny. Oh, thank God he's remembered. remembered. <laughs> See it, I've got it written down. Um, me, Mick, and me, Mick, and Danny. This will be out the week after. We will be speaking to Kirk Broadfoot. Um, which I am very excited about. I love Kirk. He's <laughs> such a good player to watch. Um, we've got so many questions that we can ask him, that we are going to ask him, uh, and we want the fans, you guys, to tell us what to ask him as well. Um, so we'll put something out on Twitter and Facebook, ask him for your questions. I'm not going to say anything, because I'm sh- I think there's areas we might not be able to talk about with his time at the mill. There's one particular incident. Um, <laughs> what are you talking about? I don't know what you're on about. Mm, which incidents? That's what I wonder. Mm. Feel free to send the questions in, and we will ask him what he wants to talk about in terms of that incident. We will ask the question. I don't know what he can talk about and wants to talk about, but we will ask him what he what he can and can't talk about uh, with that. Um, Harry won't be live. It will be pre-recorded. So apologies <laughs> for, for the reasons, for the questions that I've just mentioned. Um, yeah, we don't ask him that question live, do we? No. Well, we've done a few of these with, with ex-players, and, and doing them live is we've found definitely not a very good idea because no. I, th- I don't think there's any of them that haven't had to be clipped in place. Yes, the, these ones need some editing. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, we will ask him. Thank you to Inverness Caledonian Thistle. I should name check the guy or, or have emailed really, shouldn't I? Because he has been superb in, a, in allowing us access to their players, still playing for Inverness Caledonian Thistle. So Liam Morrison, who is the press guy at Inverness Caledonian Thistle, has been an absolute legend uh, by helping us set, set this up. So we will be speaking to him on Thursday night. The episode will go out a couple of days after. Um, so any questions you want to come, we have the email. If you want to email him in, ifcpod at gmail.com. Send them in there. 
We will put as many questions as possible as we could possibly fit into the time we're allowed with him. Uh, it's, it covers such. We talked about this all the other day, Mick. It covers. It came in under Steve Evans. He then played under uh, Neil Redfern and Neil Warnock. He then stayed under Alan Stubbs and was there when I'm pretty certain he was there when Warnock first started as manager. Mm. It covers such an interesting part of our recent history. Yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. really looking forward to it. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Get your ten hat on. Uh, and he also was very good at winning penalties. I, mean, I want to ask him about his uh, winning penalties for a defender. Uh, a famous day at Milton Mil- Keynes where we won 4 0. He was a massive part of that as well. There's so many good, to talk, good moments to talk about. So we will definitely be asking all the questions that you want us to ask that we can ask. Um, and we're working on the players. Like I said, we'll, we'll try and get as many former players on as we can. We don't get a response every time, which is understandable because people have got busy lives. But we are trying to bring as many people as we can. Because I want to hear the from so I assume other fans do as well. So, thank you for watching. We'll get Brian back on as well. So, we'll we'll get Brian Brian back on at some stage as well. um, Once he can get his Wi Fi sorted. Yeah, we were meant to have Charlie on tonight as well, uh, Charlie Hawks, but he's had another thing come up. So, we will definitely have Charlie on. We try and get him on for a few weeks now. Uh, Everything, some things keep popping up. So, I hope everything's all right with him and he will be with us at some point in the future as well a few other people as well um so if you're watching on youtube please subscribe if you haven't already if you're watching on facebook go over to youtube and subscribe uh if you're on the audio side of things again make sure you subscribe to apple spotify or whatever give us a five star rating if you can as well because we would really really appreciate that we will be back live on sunday night with the episode out on monday what we're going to do is have a quick look back at the 11 games or so that's gone so far i mean it's sort of a you know an almost a third of a season review um and talk about the teams we played against and what whatever goes on from there Next week's episode, we'll talk about that when next week comes. Um, Danny, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you with us again, mate. Thank you for joining us. Yeah, no worries. Uh, I think I'm going to have uh, a lem sip when I've done with this because my voice is starting to hurt now. <laughs> right. And Mick, uh, I assume you're going to have a beer. I uh, know. School night, isn't it? Uh, fair enough. Then pesky school nights. <laughs> um, school night, uh, my wife's you. at home. Uh, she's back, is she? and we're back soon thank you all for watching listening and we'll see you very soon Yes.